Hey everybody, and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am, of course, one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that likes to talk about movies, but not in a pretentious way but as if you were listening and talking to your best good buddies. And of course, I am joined by one of my best good buddies here tonight. Uh, you know her, you love her, she's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented, the stardust queen herself, Miss Lindley Key. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, folks at home. Uh, tonight we are missing Steven. He is MIA. He's actually on vacation. Um, Steven. I know, right? <laughs> Oh, please, you you enjoy these episodes because, well, actually, no. Do we agree on these episodes where it's just you and me? Or do we tend to disagree more? I think we have, we set, we set ourselves up to argue. Mm-hmm. But then when we actually do record together, we'd be like, oh, yes, I, I agree with that point. That's a good observation there. <laughs> it's like when, it's like when Steve and I are like on the show together and you're not there i feel like we tend to argue more but i feel like when all three of us are together steve and i have been like agreeing with one another which is weird and i don't like it is weird it irks me that is yeah yeah for those of you who are new to the show check out our previous episodes and you'll see just how i i truly feel about my co-host steven plug 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 (laughs) Indeed, Lily, we are plugging away. Uh, and before, of course, we get to our main topic for the show tonight, we do have a few housekeeping things for you uh, to help you enjoy the show even more. Uh, if you listen to this episode and halfway through, you're like, hey, those popcorn prattle peeps are pretty good. I think I want to listen to them all the time. Whatever device you're using, whether it be Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, if you're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, whatever you're on, Google Play, we want you to go right now, stop the recording, we'll still be here when you get back, uh, stop the recording, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, wherever that might be on your device, and uh, hey, if you're on iTunes, why don't you drop us a couple of stars and maybe review the show, give us your honest opinion if you like the show, let us know if you don't like the show. My voice is just really annoying. If you don't like chocolate thunder in your ears, then... Oh, my God. <laughs> Ew. Never say that again. Hey, hey, hey now. I bring, I bring the thunder no, in the no, quiet storm. No. No, 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 no. If you agree with Lindley, then you can also let us know that. In the reviews, although people will be very confused when they go into iTunes, I I suppose. Um, <laughs> and that's not the only place that you can find us. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter and on that Instagram. Uh, and, of course, if you would like to really hear Lindley's uh, true opinions about a lot of things, mainly movies, not about me or my voice, uh, Lindley, uh, tell everybody a little bit about the Stardust app and where they can find you. Well, the Stardust app is a wonderful little app where you can post reactions to things you just watched. It's like, say you saw a really cool trailer and you want to share your thoughts, or you just went to the movies and you want to rant about, you know, a really bad flick you just saw. You can go to the Stardust app, download 
make an account and share your reactions. You post them on the app. You can share them to Facebook, Twitter, all of these different places. And they also have this new feature where they have a daily poll. Like today's poll is bridesmaids versus wedding crashers. And I think I'm going to I'm gonna vote for bridesmaids. I'm a fan. What? Yes, yes, unpopular opinion. It's that's a, that's too hard of a, a choice for me. I I don't know it's, which it's one hard. I like more because they're both really funny, and mm-hmm. it primarily it's because of Kristen Wiig on one side and Vince Vaughn on the other side. Yeah. So, but I just posted my reactions uh, to I I had to play a little bit of catch up. Mm-hmm. Um. I just posted my reactions to Jurassic World, saw that uh, at the end of last week, and also Solo. So I've got those reactions, and soon, as soon as the embargo date passes, I'm going to have a reaction to a, another movie that we will talk about at the end of the episode. Indeed. No spoilers. And of course, Lin- uh, where can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Stardust at Little Lottie. That's little L-O-T-T-I-E. Excellent. And of course, just as Lindley uh, alluded to earlier, we are going to talk uh, a little bit, spoiler free, of course, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, because, of course, Lindley, being up in New York City, uh, she gets a chance to see a lot of Marvel movies uh, early on. So she's going to give us our first take. Last episode, if you guys remember, Stephen and I uh, kind of took over the last part of the show because... We both had seen Jurassic World, um, and Lindley had not. Uh, so this time, Lindley is going to is going to take over the main event of Ant Man and the Wasp, and I'm just going to listen and ask questions, and and hopefully not get anything spoiled. She's been very good about not spoiling things for me, so I'm not that scared. But I do have theories. I I try my best. Indeed, indeed. For tonight's slate of topics, we're also going to be talking about M. Night Shyamalan's movie, Glass. A new movie poster was just released, and we are going to talk all about that poster. We're going to give you some more theories about Glass. Uh, we've talked about it before, um, when we've talked about Split, when we talked about uh, Glass being announced the first time. But now that we're getting a picture, uh, let's actually dig a little bit deeper into what we think is, uh, you know, maybe going to happen in this movie. Uh, then we're going to have like a little special segment for you. It's going to be called uh, Beat the Heat Recommendations. Uh, as you guys know, uh, as a teacher... I am just kind of sitting around waiting to get back into the schools. And while I am waiting to get back into the schools, uh, I have been watching many a movie, many a TV show. Some of the, mo- some of the movies, um, I've seen before, but some of the TV shows, uh, I have not gotten a chance to see. I've binge watched a couple. Uh, Lindley has gotten a chance to binge watch some, uh, some TV shows as well. So we're going to talk about some of our beat the heat recommendations for you guys. So hopefully while you guys are enjoying the, the summer heat, uh, of, you know, I think it's like 90 degrees in most places, even at night. Um, I know Lindley is definitely feeling it. She was talking about that before the, the show started. It's so hot. It's so hot. (laughs) I'm not a fan. Oh, meow, meow. You'll be fine. You're going to you're gonna make it. I promise. Yeah. Looks like we made it. 
it, uh, we're going to talk about our Beat the Heat recommendations. Um, I, I, I am in rare form tonight, Lindley. I, you might have to, you, you might really have to take over for me. This is what happens when Steven's not here. It's like Marcus Unchained up in here. I'm not excited. <laughs> yes, you are. Stop it. Stop it. All right. Lindley, you ready to do this? Ready. All right, dear, let's prattle. So let's start off, and I know Steven's probably going to be real upset that we're talking about this <laughs> without him, uh, but Jim Carrey uh, has just been announced to play Dr. Robotnik in an upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog film. Uh, question, Lindley, is... Answer. Is this live action or is this CGI? Like, what is this? Do you know? Um, well, well, first of all, I want you to think about what you just said. What's that? A live action movie about a blue running hedgehog. We've seen weirder. Let, let, we've That's seen weirder. True. That is true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, on one hand, I, I kind of hope. That this is uh, this is gonna be CGI, but I mean, let's let's just keep it real. Again, we've we've seen weirder. They could go the route of making this live action. I I hope not. What what I'm thinking this is probably going to be is he's going to be the voice of Doctor Robotnik in like illuminations or dreamworks it sounds more of like an illumination project i can see the kind of animation style that goes along what, with despicable what, me what <laughs> it's not it's not a it's not illumination it's not it's not cgi it's live action I, no it's I'm not i'm looking at it right now no it's I'm not i'm looking at it right now no yes i am who decided this was a good idea <laughs> who decided a live action movie about a blue running hedgehog was a good idea i think and i'm pretty sure i guess james marsden might be playing uh no wait what? i think he might be playing sonic no Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. James Marsden. No, you you have a good thing like you started getting actual credibility with Westworld, don't ruin this now. Nope, he's got to. I like you. I like you, James nope. Marsden. Don't do this. He's pulling a he's pulling a cyclops on us. He's uh he's gonna crash and burn. You can't join the Sonic Leets. It's social suicide. <laughs> this is incredible. I I hate this idea now. Like, okay, I I, so much. I was on board with this when I, because I'm like you, Lily. I thought this was going to be like an Illumination type, you know, like Despicable Me, Minions type deal. Um, but to find out that this is now going to be uh, live action, this has Smurfs written all over it. Oh, God. This has, or, like, or even worse, or even worse, hmm. Woody the Woodpecker. Is that a thing? Maybe I blocked it from my mind. Oh, it's a thing. No, it's a thing. There's a live-action Woody the Woodpecker movie with the villain from Gallivant. Also, audience, if you haven't watched Gallivant, what are you doing? 
are you tr- um, are you trying to watch their their brains free of of live action uh live action sonic cuz it's coming yes. <laughs> nothing is nothing is ever going to wash that away from their brains they already know Ooh. too much <laughs> i'm not i'm not excited about this also i feel like we're betraying steven by talking about sonic without him that's what i said I, but you know what hey hey it's on the nugget it's on the table okay Stephen, Stephen, we miss you. Stephen, get on Twitter. Stephen, get on Twitter, and he can talk about Sonic all he wants to. That's true. But right now, right now, Jim Carrey is playing Dr. Robotnik. I was excited because he's a good, I mean, I love Jim Carrey. Um, He's a great character actor, and I think that he could really, really, really uh, bring out both the villainous side of Dr. Robotnik, but also make it comedic and, and lighthearted. Um, I don't think that they should go the route of, uh, I can't remember which incarnation of Sonic it was, but like, there was like a dark version of Sonic, the hedgehog, where it was like people, like hedgehogs were turning into cyborgs and and losing their lives and dying and stuff. I definitely don't go that route with it, but uh, I mean... Jim Carrey, I don't even think Jim Carrey can save this if it's live action. If anything, it's just going to make this dumb. It's it's really just going to make this dumb. And prove that video game movies cannot work. No, they can. You just have to find the right material and the right director and the right writers. And oh my gosh. That's a lot of things you got to get right, Lindley. But it's this. But you know what? It's the same for every other movie. They, you know what it is? They choose the wrong video games. Yeah, they really choose the wrong video games to make into movies. And it's like, like Sonic the Hedgehog to me is not is not the game you turn into a movie. There are so many new games now, and we've talked about this on on the show before, but there's so many new games now that I feel like are more deserving to be movies that you're going to choose, that you're going to go nostalgia factor over substance? Like something like, I was watching something today where it said an Uncharted movie was supposed to be in the works, but it keeps getting pushed back. Mm -hmm. Something like that, or The Last of Us. Mm -hmm. There's a... There's this little game that came out a few years back called Alan Wake. Yes. I think would make a fantastic mm-hmm. movie as long as they get Poets of the Fall to do the score again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That needs to happen because more people need to appreciate Poets of the Fall. But unfortunately, Hollywood, I don't know what Hollywood's problem is. I mean, I, they for some reason, they are just dead set on playing up the nostalgia factor and thinking that that is going to score them points. Oh, I know exactly what Hollywood's problem hmm. is. Cha-ching! Cha-ching! That is, I mean, that is true. You think a lot of people aren't going to go to see Sonic the Hedgehog when it first comes out? Well, they'll probably wait. No, no, they will because it's Sonic. We've never gotten a Sonic movie before. We have had a couple TV shows. Right. So it's a it's a popular IP. Of course, people are going to shell out money. That doesn't make it good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
I... Yeah, this is just... I can't, I don't even have words for this. It's like, it's like, you know, just kind of just spinning our wheels over and over again over this exact same argument when it comes to these video game movies. And it, it makes me angry because I'm like, these games are not hard to make movies out of. They're really not, you know, like something like Assassin's Creed should be really easy to make a movie out of even Sonic to a degree could be easy because like you said they've had it's had a tv show a successful one so i mean even though i don't want the dark sonic story you could make the darker sonic story and make it something that's what the dark universe should have been oh jesus wet lindley let it go (laughs) it's dead in the water (laughs) okay it's never forget never forget people Never <laughs> you know you know what though lindley you know what it, you know what is something that i i love that people forgot and then it came back with a vengeance and now it's about to conclude uh let's let's switch gears a little bit let's talk about glass glass this is a this now this this is a franchise that you know we had one great movie you could have ended it at unbreakable it was strong it was great um, it, some would say it's the best, uh, superhero movie of all time. And then what you do is years later, you come out with this other movie called Split mm-hmm. and you wait until the last couple of minutes before you, ma- before you even like tell everybody like, Hey, this is a sequel to Unbreakable, even though all the signs are there. And then... Uh, you let it be known that you're going to now uh, bring your bring your trilogy to a close with glass. This is this is amazing, Lindley. I'm so excited. They they've done something. They've done something that. Or sorry, they've made M Night Shyamalan has made something so cool that. I I would even say like this would this would rival anything Marvel has come up with as far as world building. Uh, I think that is yet to be seen. Well, I'll, well, the reason why I say that is because yes, we know that Glass is the end of this world that M Night Shyamalan has created. Oh yeah, no, I'm not talking about like the size of the universe. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm not saying that it's going to be good or bad. I'm just saying that they're rivaling it in the in the respect that it, I love that I was surprised when Iron Man came out. Oh. You knew that eventually an Avengers movie was coming. Yeah, you knew that. Yeah, but with we- un, with the Unbreakable trilogy, you really didn't know that there was going to be one last, um, well, the team-up movie. You didn't know Glass was coming. Yeah. You know? Because I remember we went to the New York premiere of Split, mm-hmm. 
And it was it was an event for New York Comic Con. We just thought it was a screening. We didn't know it was actually the premiere. Mm-hmm. So when people like Bruce Willis are sitting behind us, we're like, oh, what is he doing here? And then at the end of the movie, oh, now we know why he's here. Mm-hmm. Now we know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited. And that poster? That poster. Oh, that, that poster was great. Everything about like the images to the color scheme, I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. I I'm curious to see what the uh what the um the actual poster will look like. Because remember, if you look at if you look at uh, Unbreakable and then you look at Split, the posters, the breaking of the glass, it does combine. So mm-hmm. what I want to see is, I want to see how does the glass poster, how is that going to fit in with uh, Unbreakable and with Split. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's what I'm curious about because that was the first. Because unbeknownst to us, that was the first sign. Yeah, <laughs> you know that was the first. Like that was the first time he was like, he's like, okay, this is a combined universe, and yet we had absolutely no idea, none whatsoever. Nope. And now that we know people like. Uh, Sarah Paulson is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's shaping up to be something really interesting. Yes, because apparently she's going to be playing a doctor who is t- not who like treating or trying to treat all three of them. Mm-hmm. And we know the girl um, Anya Taylor, who is in Split, was the girl. That survived split. She's going to be back in this. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, it's going to be real interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. And it makes me it makes me curious to see like what is this? Um, what exactly is the plot going to be? Um. So, what was the name of the comic book shop from? Unbreakable. Oh man, I just I just watched Unbreakable. Was it Brave New Worlds? Can't remember. If there is, because there are production stills of Anya Taylor. I don't know what her last name is. Of her characters, of her character coming out of a comic book shop with a bag from Brave New Worlds. Brave New World comics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that might be the same comic book shop that features in Unbreakable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So little do they know their lives are going to entangle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anya Taylor Joy. That's her full name. Oh, it's coming out in January too. Yeah, oh, yeah it's coming out real quickly. <sighs> I like I said I cannot I cannot wait for this for this movie because it just it, just for the twist alone you know mm-hmm. I think that is going to be that is going to like 
really be something groundbreaking because for whatever reason, these movies, M. Night Shyamalan has his finger on the pulse and he, he understands exactly what he wants to do. And I'm excited to get the old Shyamalan back. I yeah. feel like we saw the beginning of, of that in Split. Mm-hmm. Also, I just love how at CinemaCon, I'm looking at the production stills now, I love how at CinemaCon, Samuel Jackson actually wore a purple Mr. Glass shirt. Mm-hmm. I think that's... Um, that. Oh, God bless Samuel Jackson. <laughs> You know, it's it's funny you, you should mention that, Lily, that we might be getting the old Shyamalan back. You know, I was watching, um, I was actually watching The Birds today with my mom, and I, and I've become a really big fan, I mentioned this on the show before, um, I've become a really big fan of Alfred Hitchcock um, and his films, and just, and really just kind of being like an amateur, you know, film student of his works. And in thinking about M. Night Shyamalan and what he has, how he tries to match Alfred Hitchcock as far as suspense goes, mm-hmm. Split is probably the closest I could see of him. Probably Split and Signs. Signs is probably the closest, actually. But Split comes pretty darn close yeah. uh, to being, to getting you that, like, oh my God, like, what is going to happen next? Um, and part of that, is hands down that's that's James McAvoy. Yeah. That's James McAvoy being. I mean, I remember that one scene where in Split, you know, he's the psychiatrist is talking to Barry, and she's like, "Who am I talking to?" And he's like, "He's like, it's Barry." And she's like, "Who am I talking to?" And there's just a slight shift in his po in his demeanor. Yep. And you, as the audience, you know that that's not him. And I and I and as an actor, I appreciated that because I'm like, that is hard. That he he could have easily like made a big shift or or something, you know. But that is something that, that James McAvoy, you know, that scene probably took you know a couple of hours to do. And I know some Mm -hmm. some pretentious actors are probably sitting here listening to the show and being like, oh, actually, it's not that hard. I did it in college once. Shut up. Uh, it's, yeah, that's, I mean, again, to have the restraint to say, I'm going to make the smallest choice possible in order to communicate so much. I thought that was a much stronger choice, Yep. you know, and yeah, I, I, I really think that glass could very well be, um, it, it could be that exciting conclusion to this wonderful trilogy. Agree. This this totally agree. this could be the movie that finally dethrones uh the Dark Knight trilogy. Cuz I feel like a lot of people feel like the Dark Knight trilogy is the definitive of like the modern day comic movies, like it's the gold standard. No, but then we remember that the Dark Knight Rises was not that good. Uh, true. I feel like a lot of people like they weigh that score heavily on the Dark Knight, but really, yeah, you're really just basing it off of your Joker. Yeah, like that's because if you watch the Dark Knight, Dark Knight's a little slow. It's a little it, slow before times, before yes. things actually start to happen, and it runs a it runs way too long. That third act, and Batman, the Dark Knight Rises happens. Yeah, when in actuality, but- uh. 
the dark uh dark knight rises should have been two phases story yeah that's that would have made more sense than having bane come out where it was just like you know they're like oh let's make it a war movie no let's make it a real a real crisis of faith where you have batman and then essentially you've created the anti-batman you know this guy who's willing to do anyways we're, we're getting i'm sorry we're getting off topic we can talk about that another time <laughs> but you but you know what i'm saying like this is yeah no i get this it. is definitely um glass could be that dark knight rises movie that we deserve um because to me i feel like unbreakable <laughs> it's, it's the trilogy we deserve but not the one we need right <laughs> <laughs> no, that that was Unbreakable. Unbreakable was the the superhero movie we deserved, but the one was it not the one we needed? Not right the now. one we needed right now. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> Unbreakable was still at a time. Wasn't that when uh we were still having like the the really cartoony Spider Man and Fantastic Four and yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was it's ahead of its it was ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. But had Unbreakable come out now. I think it would have been, I don't think it would have been as well received. I think in retrospect. I could see that. Oh, go ahead. I just said I can see that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like it was like in retrospect, we look back at Unbreakable and we're like, oh man, Unbreakable was amazing. At the time, <laughs> however, people didn't like Unbreakable. And they yeah. didn't really, and I don't even think people really considered it a superhero movie. Yeah, they really didn't. Mm-mm. It wasn't until later, like probably post Batman Begins, that people looked at it again and were like, this is actually a really good superhero movie. Mm-hmm. So, maybe, maybe, Just maybe, we will have to see, Mr. Glass. But while we are waiting for uh, January to roll back around so that we can finally, finally see this, um, Lindley, it is very hot outside. It's so hot. And I don't like it. We we didn't get spring here in New York. We had like maybe oh, two weeks of spring. Mm-hmm. And then it went from winter to, oh, he, my skin is turning red for being outside for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but so how do you beat the heat, Lindley? Uh, staying inside where there's air conditioning. Oh, God bless some air conditioning. I unfortunately had to turn off my air conditioning because can't really record and have the AC unit going on at the same time. So I'm getting a little warm in my neck of the woods. But while I am chilling out with my AC cranked up to full blast um, and a nice glass of wine in my hand. I'm watching some. I'm watching some TV shows. Uh, so, Lindley, let's give let's give our audience some beat the heat recommendations. Let's go. We'll go back and forth if you want to, um, as far as what we're watching. Um, would you like to begin? Like, what do you what are you watching now, or what have or what have you gotten a chance to watch? What have I I've gotten a chance to watch? I'll start off with something fun. Mm-hmm. Sure, something fun. There's a little show on Netflix. I I go on and off between watching like dramas, comedies, and then sometimes in there I like to throw in some food shows, mm-hmm. like some cooking shows. But this 
This, people, is the cooking show made for me. It is a little show called Nailed It. (laughs) It is a baking show, Mm -hmm. which they're in their second season now, and they're starting to dive a little bit more into just cakes and cookies. Like, they actually had a savory challenge this season. Mm. All of the contestants, they love to cook. They love to bake. Mm -hmm. But they ain't good at it. (laughs) Nope. They're not good at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, it's about them trying to complete these challenges with, like, with Instagrammable baking goods. Mm -hmm. Like a unicorn cake or... Like a million dollar gingerbread house or something like that. Right, right. And just seeing the people struggle to complete these intricate cakes and desserts just gives me a little hope for humanity and for myself, too. Yeah. Because I have tried. I have tried to make edible works of art. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember a few years ago when the Tonys were happening, I tried to make like Tony, like edible Tonys where the middle was a Oreo, a white chocolate covered Oreo Mm. and the base was like cake. And anyways, it gives me hope (laughs) that if these people, if a woman who tried to cut a hole in something that was supposed to be a jelly donut right. because she never saw a donut with that hole in it. Mm-hmm. Then maybe, just maybe, there's hope for me too. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, the host, you'd think she would be like annoying, but she's, I, she cracks me up every single time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, like, she has a very big personality. And usually things like that, they get, like, annoying over the course of a few episodes. No. I absolutely love her. And her chemistry with her co-host, who is a a French chocolatier, that I love it so much. So, people, if you haven't watched Nailed It, do yourself a favor. If you need something to just make you smile, go watch Nailed It. Marcus, what are you watching? I actually have a couple of shows. I was I've been jotting them down over the course of the episode, um, as well as some of your recommendations. I'm definitely going to check the show out. Um, so I'm going to actually switch gears a little bit as far as uh, my recommendations. I normally go live action, but I am a huge, huge, huge fan of anime. Um and I have gotten a chance. I've actually gotten back into watching anime um, and keeping up with a few shows. So I definitely wanted to throw a couple of anime shows you guys' way. Um, I'm going to leave an honorable mention, Darling in the Franks, off the list. Uh, or I might put it in later on. I'm not sure. But it's a very strange show. Um, I'm not going to go into details, but it's... You should check it out. It's get past the first three episodes, and I promise it gets it only gets better. Um, but I want to talk about this show that just ended actually last Saturday. It is called Megalobox, and Megalo Megalobox Megalobox. It, what Megalobox it sounds is, like a a building block toy from the nineties. It it does, but it is quite possibly one of the. Um, 
everybody online has been talking about this show. And anybody who has seen this show, they absolutely love it. Um, primarily because of the art style, but also the story. Um, Megalobox is definitely done. If you if you were ever a fan of Toonami, uh, and the oh, old gosh. school in the old school uh, uh, you know animes like Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, Big O, Outlaw Star, um, Gundam Wing, that art style, that old like you definitely can tell somebody sat down and hand drew everything. Um, that's Megalobox. Ooh. And Megalobox, uh, and there's there's some CGI, like there's some CGI in it, but not a lot. Um, it's mainly whenever they're in the boxing ring, and it's in this uh, it's in this future where uh, boxers are fixed with these things called gear, which is um, mm-hmm. an exosuit, and it just fits over like their arms and stuff. And what it does is it enables them to punch harder and whatnot. Well, this guy. Um, who you don't actually know his name. He just goes by Junk Dog. He is at the very, very bottom of this, uh, of the underground boxing world. And he's been throwing fights. But he's actually really talented. Uh, and he encounters, he has an encounter with the champion of the Megalo boxing, uh, the actual, like, the actual professional division um, named Yuri who has state-of-the-art gear. He is, you know, he's undefeated. Nobody can defeat him. He's that good. And he has an encounter with um, Junk Dog. And Junk Dog disrespects him because he's like, he's like, you're not a real fighter. Like, you know, if we were to throw it out in the ring, uh, not in like your ring, but if you come down to my ring, like I will beat you. And Junk Dog and Yuri fight. And... Junk Dog gets the snot beat out of him. No, Junk Dog. And so Junk and so then Yuri tells him he's like when you're re- but but what happens is as Yuri's leaving, Junk Dog gets up and Yuri's like this is a guy that I can you know, I I want to fight him. Like I want to fight him for real in a sanctioned fight. So it starts this journey of Junk Dog, he gets his own uh, he gets. He finally gets like a, a name. He gets a citizenship because he's not really a citizen, and he becomes this boxer named Joe. And it begins this very kind of like Rocky Balboa um, type story where junk where Joe has to fight through the ranks to get to this big grand tournament just so he can fight this one guy. Um. And I'm not going to give any of, like, the big twists and turns away in the show. Um, but I I have to say, I watched this show. And by the end, I was so emotionally invested in the final episode that I... They leave it kind of at a, at a cliffhanger. You have to watch the credits to find out exactly what happens. Like, you have to make it through the entire credits before you before they tell you, like, anything about what the end result of the show is. Huh. But it is um it's an it's an incredible show. It's not long. It's like each episode's about 24 minutes and four of those minutes are like the opening credits. Mm-hmm. So, which the opening credits is also beautiful and very metaphorical. 
Um, it's metaphorical. Um, taser face. Um, but it is. <laughs> also, I just realized I've seen him in a play. Oh, Jesus wept. <laughs> <laughs> but Megalobox, go check it out. It's absolutely amazing. That's my first anime that I'm recommending. I have another one, might have two, but Lindley, suggest, suggest another one. All right, I'm going to go a little, little more serious tone okay. with this one and not talk about um, my current binging of Riverdale because I'm not going to admit that I really like that TV show. Um, <laughs> But I am going to recommend, and I've talked about the show before, but season two of Handmaid's Tale believe the season finale is tomorrow and i'm not ready <laughs> i'm not ready at all i'm not ready because this oh boy there's been so much happening happening this season because if, if you don't know handmaid's tale is a book by margaret atwood and the book most of it, except for, like, the very end where, like, it's, like, historians or a classroom being taught the things that happened in The Handmaid's Tale. Mm -hmm. um, that's what season one was. Was the book. So season two, we had no idea what was going to happen. And the great thing is that they've had Margaret Atwood on board working on season two with them. Mm -hmm. I like how George R.R. R. Martin is working with Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, it's such, it's such a bleak, dystopian future. Some of it, you know, may or may not reflect some things that are going on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in our world nowadays, which is the scary thing. And I love that this season keeps playing with the idea of its characters, especially its antagonists, because it's going back and forth with being like, do I root for this person? Oh, now I feel sympathy towards them. And now I don't know what to think. And it just, it keeps you on your toes. It makes these strong women more than just... Oh, I'm weak. Oh, I'm strong. No, you get to see both the vulnerable, the strong side of all these characters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's so, so good. It's so good. And something like that, I feel, is important, too. Mm -hmm. Especially for, for all the ladies out there. And not just for the ladies, too. I will warn you. I know we're talking about Beat the Heat binging shows. Mm -hmm. Watch this one, but don't binge it. It'll mess you up if you binge it. Mm. Like, there, are, there are some shows. I There are some shows that you cannot binge watch. Like, This Is Us. That is not a binging type of show. You need time to, like recoup and stop crying <laughs> true <laughs> you know it is true yeah and you need you just need time to, like it's it's sad that we've become like a culture that bent that does binge watch shows like that and some and some 
work out to their benefit and others it's like no take your time mm-hmm. relax you know really really yeah. take it all in mm-hmm. agreed and handmaid's tale is is one of those shows a very important show a very well done show very suspenseful very heartbreaking very hopeful but take your time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's been a psa from popcorn prattle <laughs> Yeah. I think um kind of in the same in the same line of thought uh I uh I'm also going a little bit more serious for my next pick. And I am going to go 13 reasons why. Now, no. I know this is I know this mo- I know this show is uh old like like the whole big hoopla about it has come and gone. I just watched it. Um, my colleague, uh, Deb Hansen. Hey, Deb. Um, hey, Deb. She, uh, she suggested to me before we, um, before we left school and she was like, she's like, you've got to watch it. Like it's, it's really good. So I, um, I trust her cause she's my work boo. And I, uh, checked out the, the show and I was hooked from the very first episode. And I'll tell you why it's because I wanted to know what would lead this girl um to take her own life and you find out that like all of these kids that are in this little group are responsible in some shape form or fashion and they're all kind of horrible people like there are there are not many redeeming people in this cast um except for like two um but as I was watching it, you know, I sat there and I and I was telling Lindley before the show started, there are a lot of kids that uh, are at my school that I feel could potentially be like this, mm. um, that feel entitled and feel like they can do whatever they want without consequences. And if consequences do arise, you know, they'll throw somebody under the bus quick, fast, in a hurry just to save their own skin. Again, not to say that Oh, I teach horrible kids. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but what I'm saying is that it, 13 Reasons Why does show us a reality. It's not my reality of when I was in school. Not that I know mm-hmm. of. Um, Lindley, I'm sure if you watched 13 Reasons Why, I'm sure you would be like, uh, I saw a little bit of that, but not to this extent. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I've, I've, I've expressed to people before, you know, the world has changed dramatically primarily primarily because of technology and in this show you see like how technology has um kind of assisted in the bullying of this girl and how it just once it once it kind of like snowballs into one thing or the other um you you get it you don't nest you don't agree by the end you don't don't get it twisted like it's not i feel like a lot of a lot of the the flack that it was getting was that it was condoning suicide it doesn't like i never like by the time i was done with it i was like there were so so many um opportunities for this girl to make a different decision mm-hmm. um I don't think it glorifies it. I think it just, it gives you a harsh reality. 
I appreciate, though, in this show, and this is something that they don't mention, they make a PSA before each season by the cast, and before each episode, like, they give you a trigger warning, and they tell you, like, hey, you may not want to watch this show by yourself. Or you may not want to watch this show at all if you are going through these issues. Now, does that stop people? No. But that's like with anything that, you know, maybe some some people shouldn't, certain things that people shouldn't watch because they're not emotionally ready for it. But I do think, though, that 13 Reasons Why, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed season one. Season two, I was curious because I was like, well, if we know why she killed herself, then is this 14 reasons why 15 reasons why yeah. <laughs> it was it was clever because you got to see the kids who um contributed to her death you got to understand them a lot more and you kind of sympathize with with some of them not all of them uh, some you're just like oh you actually are a horrible person but you find out like one kid is like being abused and and one kid, you know, doesn't want to, you know, be identified a certain way. And one kid is just looking for friends. And like, that's why they were doing like what they were doing. Um, and the way the season ends. <sighs> eh, shock. It was shock value. That's that's my that's my critique for you. Thirteen reasons why you had me up until the last episode, and I was like, eh, I feel like you could have gotten to the same conclusion a different way. Um, and I'll and it's and I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it does end with a kid almost um, committing a school shooting. He gets stopped. He gets stopped. But um, it's the way the way they like they set it up. I was like that. That's kind of unnecessary. Like you didn't have to go that route. Now now you're getting into a realm of like almost soap opera esque type stuff. But if it if it can get back on track, which I feel like in order to do that, you got to end up you got to end the show soon. Like don't drag it out. Like end it. Um, perhaps in the third season. I I highly recommend it. Check it out. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's mine. Give me another one, Lily. Yay. Oh gosh. I only prepared two. <laughs> Let's see. What I, I have I have more if you you don't have any. I can I can give you some well, recommendations. I've got some, I've got some that I'm like getting into. Mm-hmm. Oh that's 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 um, I just, I just finished the first season of Westworld. Nice. Fantastic. I finished episode one of season two. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. It really plays with your mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see where all the second season is going to go. Um. And it must be, again, James Marsden must do a good job in it because James Marsden, don't be Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Now it doesn't say he's Sonic, but I'm assuming that he must be Sonic because I know he can do character voices. Who else is he gonna be? He can be Tails. No, he's or not Knuckles. Tails. He's not a Knuckles. He's a Sonic. They're gonna make uh, 
they're going to make Kevin Hart knuckles. <laughs> oh, dear God. Wait, Kevin Hart. Wait, who is in this? I don't know. I'll look it up. Keep telling me your recommendations. <laughs> um, guilty. Uh, I, I mentioned this, but my guilty pleasure right now is Riverdale. Mm. I, I don't, I don't watch CW shows on principle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I'm talking like the, the, the pretty little liars, the things like that. I think the only, um, the only exception I've made has been crazy ex-girlfriend because that's just a, such a clever and well-written show. Mm-hmm. But and Riverdale, I didn't want to like because it's a new age teen drama featuring the Archie characters. It doesn't sound good on paper, mm-hmm. but boy, does it hook you! It hooks you. Me and my roommate, we always try to find things to watch together. Mm-hmm. So we watched the first season together, and when the second season came on Netflix. We we watched the first episode together. A week later, my roommate texts me and be like, um, so we might need to watch something else together because I may or may not have finished Riverdale already. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. So that's that's my guilty pleasure right now. I feel bad. Um I haven't gotten to see the new epi- the new episodes of Arrested Development. I know I need to finish Westworld. Basically, I'm just biding my time until Outlander comes back in November. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, when you find it, when you have a good show and, you know, you, uh, unfortunately, you you do compare the shows and you're like, ah, like, but it, it's not as good as this show. And like, that's what I really want to watch right now. Yeah. So. I, yeah. I, I've actually, I've started to go back and watch, rewatch Outlander. Just because like, it's, it's a really, it, here's a recommendation, because I know it's not as popular as things like um, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. or Downton Abbey have become. But if you're a fan of period dramas like I am and you haven't watched Outlander, we'll say the, the last two episodes of season one are a little hard to watch just for situational purposes. But it's a, it's got, it's got period costumes. It's got time travel. It has very nice looking men in kilts. What could go wrong? I'm going to bite my tongue on that one. Okay, you can <laughs> I'm going to bite my tongue on that one. Let me have What this. could go wrong? <laughs> Famous last <Yes>. words. <laughs> well, what else are you watching, Marcus? All right, so I am going to hit you with, uh, I'm going to hit you with a couple. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to get through them quick because you, you like burn through yours. Um, so uh, first off, uh, new, another um, amazing, amazing uh, anime that I'm watching is My Hero Academia. I've heard good things. It, Lindley, it is, you would love it. It's so good. It is, it's all about this, it's all about this world where everybody has this, um, these things called quirks, which are essentially superpowers. And, you know, part, half the world is made up of superheroes that go around saving people. And this kid named Midoriya, he is quirkless. He has no powers whatsoever. 
But he is seen by the world's greatest superhero named All Might, who sees him and he sees how brave he is without powers. And he looks at him and he's like, okay, guess what? I'm going to give you my powers because All Might has this um, has this power called um, All for One. No, excuse me. One for All. And... Um, he basically it transfers the powers of every previous user to uh to whoever holds it last um so he's like super strong super fast and he's basically indestructible to a to a certain degree you find out that he got hurt early like early in like well not sorry not early late in his career um to his arch nemesis um one for all who his power is basically the exact opposite of All Might's. Um, he steals people's powers instead of like collecting them all and then like harnessing them into physical strength. Um, so All Might is actually injured and he can only stay like the super buff American guy for like 10 minutes at a time. Um, so he gives his power to Midoriya, but Midoriya can only use 1% of his power. And if he tries to use it, he breaks his arms. Oh, like shatters them. That's not good. No, it's not. Cause he's like, he's like, so I can never use like your full power. He's like, you have to train, like you have to get better. And what I love about this anime, I was just talking to a, a former student. We were watching SmackDown. Um, and then we, st- st- of course, started talking about anime because that's what one does um, when a boring segment comes on. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about how um, My Hero Academia isn't like other anime where the main character is super powerful right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. It makes a point of saying, like, he's only at 1%. And, yeah, he's he's kicking a lot of ass um, with 1%. But every time he does, like, he breaks a bone. And, like, there's a part where there's a, there's a story arc where there's, like, a tournament. And he's, he's learned to use most, like, he's learned to use, like, I think it's, like, 5% of his power. But, like, he knows that if I, he's, like, in order to be the best hero, because All Might tells him, like, I want you to win this tournament. I want you to show everybody that you're the new face of... Um, you know, of, of being a hero. And he has this awesome showdown um with this uh with this other superhero named Todoroki. It is, if he doesn't look like Totoro from my neighbor Totoro, I'm gonna be real upset. Uh he's not, but his power is he's half ice, half fire. And he has So he's Game of Thrones? No. He's he's like <laughs> This awesome badass with like this incredibly dark backstory, and he's like trying to impress his dad, who's the number two hero. And it's like this big face off between the two, and they're both like Midoriya's basically like, I know you could have beaten me in two seconds. Like, hit me with everything you've got, and I'm gonna hit you with everything I've got. And they're both, and it's like this insane, it's like they both hit each other with full power, and they almost blow up the arena. Oh, it is incredible, Lindley, and they just uh, they just finished up um, the latest story arc where 
uh, All Might and All For One um, face off after like years and years of not knowing that the other one was still alive. And it was the most, this is the, this is one of the few animes that I have watched and it's made me cry. Oh no. And it's because like, it's got so much heart in it, you know, cause Midoriya will sit there and he's like, you know, he, like his friends are in danger and he knows like, if I try to fight, I'm going to hurt myself. Like I could possibly kill myself. But I am so moved by <laughs> trying to help people that I've got to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go watch it. Do not, audience, do not watch the Toonami version. Listen, listen, I know sometimes it's a little hard to, to read while you're watching a show. I need you to learn to read and watch a show at the same time because My Hero Academia is so much better um, with subtitles. Does Tsunami still exist? It came back. It's actually better. They've got some great shows. They've got some great yeah. shows. Yeah, it's uh, Saturdays. Saturday nights now. It's just Saturday nights. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it's all like it's all like how Toonami used to have um, like showing my nerdy anime side. Um, you know, like, Toonami used to have a midnight run on Saturdays where they were like, it's like Dragon Ball Z Uncut. It's like Dragon Ball Z Uncut, but like for all the shows. So there's like blood and guts and cursing and it's, it's just great. <laughs> um, really fun for the kids. It's for the kids. It's like Wu-Tang. It's for the kids. Um. I also I also want to mention I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about the other anime because I feel like I have to explain the animes because most people haven't seen them. Um, yeah, I did. I did. I had to do that with. I started watching the Ancient Magus Bride. Oh, I've been wanting to watch that. That's when I have to really explain mm-hmm. um, to make it sound like I'm not watching something that isn't very PC, but like, no, I swear it's an anime. It's not right. anything weird. It's like why I can't explain darling in the Franks, because if I explain darling in the Franks to people, they would just, is that the, is that the Pacific rim with certain moves that you guys told me about? Yes. Yes, uh, it is. Yeah. 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 It's one of those, sh- watch weird which, things. which is, which is upsetting because when you guys were here for the live show, um, we, uh, I, I watched it. I watched it while Anna and Stephen were asleep. And I was like, dang it, this was such a good episode. They would have loved it. And it wasn't weird. <laughs> like, it was like, a, it was like one of the few, like, non weird episodes that would have been like, <laughs> this would have been perfect as an introduction. But then again, oh, Stephen yeah. also watched, like, the first, um, he went in order for Black Mirror and like was not deterred by the first episode. And I'm like, you're okay, a weirdo. He might be fine. Yeah, he might be fine. <laughs> Most people would be deterred. Stephen, of course, is like, oh no, I'm all on board. Which might say something about Stephen, but I'm not. I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole. That's neither here or there. <laughs> but I did want to. What else? What else are you watching? I did want to talk about uh, Glow. Because of course you know Don't how much I love my my wrestling. Spoil a thing. I haven't watched season two yet. I'm getting there. I'm not going to spoil a thing. All I'm going to say is that Glow season two is absolutely amazing. I think it's better than Glow season one, to be honest. 
Ooh. Yeah, I think the the characters are stronger. I I really felt like as I was watching it, I was like people who are not interested in the wrestling world, I feel like we'll get interested in the wrestling world with Glow season 2. Because it is it's such a it's such a love letter to professional wrestling. Um and it's there's so there's so many things that that happen in it where you get to know the girls, all the girls a lot better. Good. Which is what I love about it seems like the season 2 of Netflix shows is um is doing now. Season 2 always lets you know more about the characters. Um the the yep. peripheral characters. Orange is the new black did that a lot. I think yes. they realized that Piper couldn't carry a show because mm-hmm. I mean, I'll be honest, this and this has nothing to do with the actress. I love the actress, but Piper as a character, I can't stand her. No, she's boring. I cannot stand her. It's the other characters in that show that make the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that, that to happen to Ruth and Debbie because I think the dynamic that they had in season one is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are, but I still love all the characters. They are, um, I mean, they're still really interesting, um, those two. And, and actually, Debbie becomes, uh, to me, Debbie is the standout for this season. Really? Debbie and, um, I cannot remember her name, but her name is Kia Stevens, um, and which probably means nothing to you. But Kia Stevens used to go under the ring name Karma or Awesome Kong. And mm-hmm. it was so tragic because she actually, um, she quit. She uh, she actually stopped wrestling because she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then she lost the baby. No. And then she retired fully from professional wrestling. And, oh, and it wasn't until I saw Glow, season one, and I sat there. I'm like, why does this woman look so familiar? Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's karma. And it warms my heart to see her in the ring, even though it's in a, it's in a scripted show. Well, even more scripted, I guess I should say. A more, I was about to say. A more scripted show. And you can tell she is, she is killing it. And there's one episode where it's all about her and it will, it will make you cry. Because you see so much emotion on her face, and I will tell you something. Anybody who tells me that wrestlers can't act, I want you to watch that scene. I want you to watch that episode, and then watch the scene where literally it is just her and looking at her son. And there is so much acting. You're talking about subtlety? There is so much acting going on between those two, and they're not saying a word. But yet you know everything that's happening in her mind right now. No. And I... I love it. I love Glow. Glow season two. Go watch it. It's absolutely amazing. You will love it. Yay. And, good show. And then I will end. Whew, got it. I will end um, with my man's Harlem's hero, Luke Cage. Season two. Finally released. Ooh. Um, I like this one much better than uh, season one. And I love season one. Really? I did. Uh, Bushmaster is the best Marvel Netflix villain they have. Well, no, 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 not even that. Bushmaster is the best villain that they have, second only to maybe Thanos. Oh, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of like arguments online talking about Killmonger being better than Bushmaster. Bushmaster is similar to Killmonger to a degree. But when Bushmaster tries to like right the wrongs of his past, you actually feel sorry for him. Like you actually feel like mm, you actually deserve to do everything that you're doing right now. Um, whereas like Killmonger, you're like halfway through, you're like, mm, I, I, I don't see how this is going to help like the black community. I feel like you're just using this as a pretense to take over the world. Um, but I, uh, I love, I love, um, I love the character Bushmaster. I think Luke Cage makes some definite strides as far as his character development goes, mm-hmm. um, especially post defenders he's really kind of um he really become he really settles into that luke cage hero for hire type motif where he's literally he's broke so he he literally becomes a hero for hire um in harlem which is great Mm -hmm. um i i love that misty knight finally gets her robotic arm and she is incredibly badass. There's even a Daughters of the Dragon moment within the show uh, where she and Colleen Wing are throwing down in a uh, in a bar, which leads me to my next point. Get these women uh, their own TV show because they, the, they got the comic and they these actresses can carry it. So plus they're two women of color. Cha-ching. You're you're hitting all the like the marks for a great TV show right now. Like, just do it. Um. Uh oh oh. Uh, Iron Fist shows up. Okay. He shows up for one episode, and it. Even though Cherry from uh, the Negro Justice League, hey Cherry, what's up? Um, hey Cherry. Even though she disagrees, I think that it does redeem Iron Fist from his horrible horrible TV show. And okay. and I'll and I'll tell you why and I'll tell you why Lindley because it's it's the fact that he number one he didn't feel like he was like the white savior like he did in an Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. In Iron Fist, it felt like every line that he said was like "I'm the one who's going to save you," which I feel was on purpose. But the way it was portrayed in the show, uh, it, it fell flat. It it just felt like you know. Like minorities couldn't do anything. Minorities and women couldn't do anything for themselves. Um, so it was nice to see him interacting in a different way with Luke Cage. Um, his fight choreography still not the best. It was better. I definitely liked him seeing him throw down with Luke Cage um, with a whole bunch of different um, different uh, uh, Bushmasters uh, cronies. That was pleasant to see. So I am excited to see Iron Fist season two because of it. And I'm going to leave you with these two thoughts with Luke Cage season two. And then I'm done with my review. First off, I think that they are easily setting the stage for either Daredevil season three or Defenders Shadowland story arc. And it's because in... In uh, Jessica Jones, which if you haven't uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to our after credits review of Jessica Jones, check it out. Um, it's very good. Um, but in 
Jessica Jones, it ends with Jessica in a very dark place. Luke Cage ends with Luke Cage in a very dark position. Not to say, he's not himself in a dark place, but he's in a dark position, which could spell trouble for him. I'll be interested to see what happens in Iron Fist to see if he is also put in a dark place. Because if so, then that sets the stage up perfectly for Daredevil to come back and basically become the leader of the hand. Yes. And sorry, spoilers, especially to you, Lindley. If you haven't seen Defenders, I'm about to spoil the ending for you. Daredevil, quote unquote, dies, but then he comes back. Just like every other Marvel character. Hopefully. We can, one one can only hope. Um, well, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hey, don't play that because people get confused because <laughs> they think a certain someone's coming back. And I'm like, he died pre-snap. He, that, true. he died pre-snap. He's not coming back. And don't give me that whole Gamora died pre-snap. Gamora died because she because she was sacrificed to the Soul Stone. Don't give me that. Yep. And a certain someone has already faked died twice, so... Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, and don't give me that whole he's the, he's the Hulk either, because that's dumb. That's a dumb theory. Um, anyway, sorry. Getting off my high horse. Luke Cage. Uh, the second thing is... Crap, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, no. Oh, that's right. I know why Um, I have figured out why... Nobody ever interferes at an Avengers level with like with like any anything that happens on Netflix or or on uh, Cloak and Dagger, which is pretty good if you haven't watched it yet. It's also a good show that I've been watching, um, which can, has a connection to Luke Cage, by the way, uh, which was nice to see. Um, it's because in Spider-Man Homecoming, right, I want you to think back to the fairy scene. Iron Man shows up and tells Peter that he was the one who called the FBI to take care of the Jatari weapons and to stop the deal. So my question was, immediately I thought to myself, I'm like, wait a minute. Why would Tony call the FBI? And then it hit me. I bet you there's something in the Accords that says that unless it's an extinction-level event like Ultron or the Chitauri invasion or Thanos, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there is no Avengers activity that can take place. No vigilante activity. You have to leave it to the proper chain of command. So if it's, if it's Harlem and it's just localized in Harlem, the cops take it over. If the cops can't handle it, the FBI comes in. If the FBI can't handle it, the military comes in. If the military can't handle it, that's when the Avengers show up. So they're the last line of defense. Right. Which would explain why the Avengers never show up in the in the Netflix versions, in the Netflix shows. Hmm. I get I get that that feels like a cop-out answer. I actually like that if that's the reason why they're not showing up. Yeah. You know. And that kind of that kind of makes sense too because to tie into what we're going to talk about next, mm-hmm. that whole thing with FBI and 
not being able to take action really plays into the plot of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ooh. I'm excited for this. Well, you know what, Lindley? I, I cannot wait to hear what you thought about, uh, about Ant-Man and the Wasp. So, audience, you know what time it is. It's main event time! It's main event time. Alrighty, Lindley, tell us. I cut you off a little bit, I'm so sorry, but I wanted you to have the full time to talk about <laughs> Ant-Man the Wasp to your heart's content. Tell us, what what has happened in this movie? Is it worth seeing? Go. It is worth seeing. Um... The great thing about the Ant-Man movies is that they they really play off the humor. Mm-hmm. There's not so much the whole dark and brooding of like, oh, there's this huge threat. We need to take care of it. Um, it's This movie has got the humor down pat. I laughed so hard. And the good thing about this movie in particular, especially with the humor, a lot of it I felt in the first Ant-Man movie was a little bit forced, not completely, Hmm. but some of it I felt like, especially with Michael Pena's character, could have been a little improved. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this one, I can't tell you how many times I laughed at Michael Pena. (laughs) He was fantastic. His little band of ex-cons are fantastic. And I like the plot, too. Mm Mm-hmm. I like that they're giving a, hey, we don't need to save the world. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to save one person. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, Marcus, do you want me to talk about the plot at all? With, like, spoiler-free talk about the plot? Oh, I'm cool with that. Okay, because I know you haven't seen it yet. Right. Um, Audience, I got to see this a little bit early. um, So I'm trying to be respectful with spoilers. So, when we were talking about things like the FBI and everything, we pick up after Civil War with Scott Lang being on house arrest. Hmm. He, and the reason he's on house arrest and not in prison after the effects of Germany is because he made a plea deal. So, he gets to be on house arrest for two years. (laughs) Of course he does. (laughs) He gets to be on house arrest, but he cannot do any superhero thing. He also cannot have contact with anyone who was involved in his superhero actions. Mm. And that includes Hank Pym and his daughter, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hope Van Dyne. So, he's actually trying to be on the straight and narrow because he really wants to focus on his family. He actually has a good relationship with his ex-wife. Like, the the little interactions he has with his ex-wife and her new husband are actually really kind of sweet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, they're, they, they seem friends. Hmm. And, they're, like, that's okay. Uh, the kid in this is just adorable. Mm-hmm. And so when Hank Pym and Hope Van Dyne show back up in his life, they need his help. 
reluctantly, because they're really pissed at him for Germany. <laughs> of course they like, are. They're doing this because it's a last hope. Mm. But because, if you don't remember the last Ant-Man movie, was he went into the quantum realm and came back. Right. So their focus now is because they know it is possible to return from the quantum realm. They think that they can go in and bring back Hank Pym's wife. Mm -hmm. And so that is their focus in the film. And Scott is very reluctant to this because he's like, um, not supposed to be doing this. I got like a few more days on my house arrest. I'm, I'm keeping it clean. Uh, we also have uh, them, but there's also a new threat, mm -hmm. a character called Ghost. And I can't say she is a one of the best villains, mm -hmm. but she's compelling. And you know why she's doing what she's doing. I feel like that Marvel has really stepped it up with their villains. I was just about to ask you, Lindley, if, sorry, I'm forgetting you off. I was literally, no, 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 you're fine. I was literally just about to ask you, is she continuing this trend of uh, almost, I, I hate to use this as the way to identify them, but that's the only way I can, but these sympathetic villains, these villains that yes. we, we understand your motive. We may not agree, but we do understand. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. Um, she she has a she has a tragic story. Mm -hmm. She and she knows that she doesn't have her time is running out for her situation, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she has to do what needs to be done in order to accomplish her goal. And you know why? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of heartbreaking, mm. and it makes you realize that okay, she might seem a bad guy, but the people. We also thought we're good guys. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily when it comes to the main characters, but just good guys in general. Mm -hmm. Maybe they aren't as good as we once thought. Mm. Especially when it comes to her. Mm -hmm. uh, overall, it's really great humor. It doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. Mm -hmm. um, there are some, if you're a comic book fan, there are some little lines that are like, hey... <laughs> this happened and we're like oh oh i, I remember that from the comic books <laughs> mm -hmm. we haven't seen that in the in the mcu but that is a straight comic book reference uh yeah and it's it's just a fun ride mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it really is i had so much fun watching this movie and i think especially after infinity war and all the heartbreak that came with that we need some humor mm-hmm and Ant-Man and the Wasp delivered. And oh my gosh, Wasp looked fantastic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love her look. I love the action in this. Yeah. That's, oh, it was good to see Wasp. <laughs> I, well, I'm excited to see this movie. I'm going to see it on a Friday um, when I go on Yay. my own, on my own little summer vacation. Um, mm -hmm. Going out of town, going to Florida. Yes. And yes. I cannot, I cannot wait to see yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp because yeah. I keep hearing about this ending. Also, I mean, I'm excited to see oh, the movie in oh. general, but I'm excited to see this ending because mm -hmm. I oh, have a I'm theory. So I'm so upset. I'm so upset. Mm. 
And it's not for the reason you think. Mm. It's not for the reason you think I'm upset. Mm-hmm. But if, um, I do want to hear your theory, but I will tell you, audience, there are two in credit scenes. There's one, like, after the cool, um, end cards. They do something really clever, and I love, I love what they did. So there's one after that, and then once all the credits are finished, there is another one. Um, stay, stay till the very, very end, mm-hmm. even after the credits, and then you'll see why I'm upset. Mm. It's not. It's not a bad upset. Mm-hmm. It's a emotional like. Oh, how could you do this to me? Well, you saw. You saw what I said to uh, to Brienne. Oh, the too soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold up. First off, I don't. I don't know if you've seen this movie yet. Don't be posting that there. Second off, whoa, whoa, she whoa. Just- she asked me if it was bad. I was like, no, that's not why I'm upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, too um, soon. But as someone who has seen the movie, mm-hmm. I want to, what, what is your theory exactly? About the end credit scene? Mm-hmm. I think, hmm, I'm going to tread carefully. Don't, and you don't have to say anything right or wrong or I whatever. I won't. For for the audience sake, if you want to know later, Marcus, I will tell you. Okay. But for the audience sake, I won't right. say whether you're right or wrong. I think that the quantum realm, I, I've heard one theory floating around. And audience, this is just a theory. This is not someone spoiled it or anything. This was like back when, a, when Infinity War first came out. Mm-hmm. The theory is that the quantum realm is somehow immune to the snap. And that by being in the quantum realm, they avoid getting taken by the snap. Also, if I'm not mistaken from the the publicity photos from uh, 4 Avengers 4, and I'm going to look it up right now as we close out our show and look at the concept art. Uh, Send it to me because I want to look at it too. Yeah. um, Ant-Man... Is there? Mm-hmm. Ant Man is is there in the in the concept art, and I'm a, and I'm I'm definitely going to send it to you. But I have, I have a theory. I have a theory that if if that is true, then I think Wasp gets. T- I don't. Then obviously everyone everyone survives. But Wasp, I think does end up getting killed by the snap. And I think Ant-Man looks for the Avengers because he's like, I got to go save my friend. You know, she helped me out. Maybe she saved somebody close to him. So now he's like, I got to save her. Hmm. That's, that's, those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts. It's a little muddied right now. I mean, I'm, I'm doing my best not to theorize quite as much about Avengers 4 because seeing Infinity War completely clo- like cold and just not expecting anything, I enjoyed that movie so much more. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm still going to theorize because, again, that's why we made Popcorn Prattle. But I am super excited. I'm super excited to see what is going to come up in... Avengers 4 and also how does Ant-Man f- play into that because 
that's my that was my biggest thing. I was like, there's a reason why you put Ant Man after Infinity War. It's something that I'm supposed. There's something that the audience is supposed to see and remember for Avengers Four. It's not just to tell you where Scott Lang is. There's no way. Because you could have you could have moved Infinity War to this spot, and moved Ant Man to Infinity War spot. There's a reason why you did that. It's strategic. There's got to be. Other than you just don't want two sad movies back to back, which also could be the reason. But audience, we have unfortunately reached the end of our show. We've had a lovely time talking with all of you guys. Uh, Lily, I've had a lovely time talking with you. Thank you for... And I had a lovely time, too. Indeed. I gotta, I gotta write down... I've got some of your their show recommendations. I am going to watch Handmaid's Tale, I think, this yes. month. And I gotta find a way to watch um, Westworld. Maybe someone can loan me, like, HBO Go or something. Um... And you've got to watch. You got to check out My Hero Academia, Lindley. I think you'll really enjoy it. I think okay. I think you will. I think that's it's a show. It is right up your alley. Go watch it. Um, audience, of course, before we sign off, we like to do a little thing where we let you know uh, where you can reach us. So, Lindley, where can the folks at home reach you? Folks at home, you can reach me on Instagram at LittleLottie. Uh, and the handle is the same for my Stardust name, which by the time this comes out, I will have my Stardust review of It, Man, and the Wasp. Nice. Very nice. And, of course, uh, you can always reach me on that Twitter, though, at Mark, M-A-R-C underscore Leroy, L-A-R-O-Y. You can also reach me on our Facebook page, where we are actively searching for bloggers. We have a couple of takers so far. Um, if you would like to blog for us, uh, please don't hesitate to to message us at uh, popcornprattle at gmail.com. Um you can also reach us, find us on Instagram. Uh, and of course, remember, if you really enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, subscribe, and audience, please, 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 because it helps us out so, so very much. Go, go right now and go on to iTunes, leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the episode, what you think of the show. Go listen to some past episodes. Get a feel for us and uh, and help us out and, and let us continue to make great content for you, the listener. <sighs> All right. Lindley, I do believe that is everything. Are we good? I believe so. I think we're good. All right. Steven, we miss you. Steven, take your time getting back here. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was hard people are gonna listen to the past episodes though and they're gonna be like i think he really likes that steven guy i just don't know i think he's i think he's faking it i think there's something there that wasn't there before no no <laughs> I just see. all right audience before we leave go home with this from all of us all of you we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Make good choices. Oh, I hope
DJ. <laughs> 